Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Back in the day, when there were no electronic markets and people traded in the pit, there were a lot of colorful personalities in the pit itself. Unfortunately, I did not get to know many of them. I just got to know very few of them because when I started my career as a broker pretty much it was the transition to electronic markets the globex was launched so i would say the big majority of my career was involved in the online trading business for many years i did do broker assisted i did do phone execution but at the same time it was all going uh, on while the online business was developing and customers were trading online in one way or another. But the one thing that was unique to floor trading and pit trading was the flow of information that was so transparent that is really not very transparent right now. For example, you could see, let's say, a pit broker executing thousands of lots for a very large company. So he would start buying a certain contract. It could be in the S&P pit or it could be in the bond pit. And then pretty much that's what created all the chaos. And the same goes for the selling of a contract. If somebody came in with a very big contract and wanted to sell it, then again, it would create chaos in the pits and everybody would join the sales part. So you would think that somebody that was in the pit would automatically make money as soon as somebody would start buying very large contracts in the pit. Or vice versa, again, if somebody came in with huge short orders, you would automatically make money if you just knew about it and if you were in the pit. But this is far from the truth. The reality is that not everybody made it in the pit. It was hard. Um, I know that people got physical in the pit uh, to get the orders. Uh, They would get very uh, violent and there was a lot of cursing. And again, this is from the stories that people told me and the personalities that I've met over the years who were in the pit. Again, they were very colorful personalities. So 
the idea of information in the pit, as soon as you're there making money automatically, as soon as you would see the buy orders or the sell orders coming in, is false. It was a lot more developed than that. And I'm going to explain it here. And then I'm going to uh, explain to to you uh, as a trader how it applies to you. So if let's say there was a flow of information, let's say somebody would come in with tons of orders to the market. Sometimes it would not move the market. So just because somebody came in with a very large lot uh, to buy and it was in the midst of a bull market, it doesn't necessarily mean that the minute he starts buying, the prices would go up. And the same goes, you know, for the sale, sale orders. So if somebody came in in the midst of a complete meltdown just because he started throwing in uh, more sale orders does not mean necessarily that at that point in time it would f- uh, fall further. As you know, even in a declining market, you can have very large upswings. And in a buying market, you can have downswings so again even though the flow of information was there it's not that you could make money automatically again in the pit itself the number of people who made it was small you needed to have risk management skills and cash management skills and admit when when you're wrong as well so a lot of traders think if they have that type of information today they would be able to simply ride the wave of information and make money. But the reality is is that, again, you can have huge orders coming in and of buy and sell. And at the same time, it does not necessarily mean that the price would move immediately in your favor in that point in time. And that brings me to another point, is basically how early do you get into your trades so the flow of information really is just an analogy to a method right it's just you're looking for big orders coming in you can have your own method you can have moving averages or rsi or stochastics um order flow anything like that or you or you could potentially even um detect big orders coming in so the question is the minute you see the signal coming through i think it's important to wait a little bit and to see the impact on the price so for example if the people in the pit and again i was never traded in the pit so everything that i'm telling you is a little bit of a secondhand experience but again i've spoke to them extensively over the years you know when the pit was abolished and and a lot of them were very upset because they could not take their skills from the pit to the screen, but, you know, but, sorry, but while we were talking, I got all this information that really helped me shape the idea of how they traded. And again, you know, you still had to wait a little bit to see the follow-through on the price. So when you trade your method, whatever the method um, you use, irrelevant, you really have to see what is the impact on the price the minute that it occurs. So, let's use a very, very simple method, okay? Let's say you're using moving averages. And again, I'm not advocating using moving averages as a method. It could be part of a method or it could be your entire method. I don't know, but I'm just, again, it's just an example. So let's say you're waiting for some sort of a crossover to the upside, right? So if the crossover occurs, then 
do you get into the trade early or basically do you want to wait a little bit to see what is the follow through on the price so and you have some sort of a setup um, and you have a trigger and you have a follow through and i think the follow through really gives you the context if the thing is really working because if you have a crossover to the upside and the market starts going down well of course it could be an opportunity but it also could be that at that point in time maybe your method is not working so maybe it's better to wait for some sort of a follow-through and to see if the market does go up or go down according to the signal that you get i think that a lot of people are basically very greedy when they have signals and they want to get in at that point in time now here's the interesting part when i tell people they're greedy they come back and they say no i'm not greedy i shop at the 99 cent store and i really buy cheap t-shirts i'm not a guy who wastes money i'm not greedy and my answer to that that's not what greed is greed is part of our dna i have it you have it my cousin has it everybody has it and it's basically triggers when we trade the markets it means that we want to max out the potential that we have in the market that's all that greed means is that we want to basically get as much as we possibly can out of the markets it doesn't say greed that's what i mean greed does not refer to being a bad person or a good person or anything like that it's simply that instinct of the dna to tell us we have to max out we got the signal we have to do it so the point of this is that whatever method you use maybe you wait a few seconds yes literally just a few seconds to see if the price has actually followed your method if it followed your price section or whatever you use out there so that would potentially again potentially could give you a little bit of an insight of whether the method is working better for you meaning that maybe out of 10 trades that you take maybe some could potentially be better because you waited just a little bit you can try it out you can see i'm not saying that my truth is the universal truth of trading i'm not an arrogant guy you know i'm just sharing my experience with you and hoping that i help traders somehow improve their state of mind and their psychology and their discipline because i'm definitely not a broker that downplays the difficulty of the market so talking about the pits and talking about you know the large orders that are coming through on our own platform optimus flow which i think is a great platform because of its visual display its order execution there is a function called power trades and power trades is basically a function that allows you to filter and see big lots and orders coming in the same way i would say that the guy in the pit was able to see large orders coming in of course the person in the pit it was reflected in the noise level it was reflected in the guy yelling bye 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 
in this specific um, power trades function that we have is simply large lots that you could see coming into the market. Again, does it guarantee that the moment in time that it triggers some sort of a larger order, the price would start going in that direction? No. Um, I think that you have to basically use it as a filter and see if it does affect the price and see what happens to the price after. And I think it takes a little bit of time to learn how to um, observe large orders and see the impact on the price. So you don't necessarily have to trade it from day one, but you can observe it and see if it helps you with uh, your method. Again, any method you use out there, you want to see the impact on the price. And for every single person, every single trader, it could be a totally different interpretation. And one interpretation is not better than somebody else's interpretation. It's just a different perspective. Somebody could wait five seconds. Somebody could wait 10 seconds. Somebody could wait three minutes. There is nothing wrong with it. It all boils down to your personality. And the only thing I want to um, say and end this podcast with uh, is this, is that, you know, just like in the pit, they, there were tons of personalities working side by side, and many of them were successful, and many of them traded in different ways. You could potentially work side by side with other traders. I know they're not sitting beside you, but I don't want you to be in this pursuit of the holy grail out there. You have your own personality, you have your own risk tolerance, you have your own risk capital that you're dealing with. Some people have more, some people have less. You have to deal with uh, what you have. And that's basically it. And hopefully this podcast gives you the perspective to basically wait a little bit when your method occurs. That's the only thing I want to end this podcast with. It's just basically some sort of a discipline that says, okay, when your signal occurs, see what happens to the price. Now, you could have a method that the price starts moving the minute that your uh, indicators or your method occurs. I don't know that, but I'm saying that if sometimes you have a lot of false signals, maybe it's better to wait a little bit. And that way, hopefully, you will not get too early into the market. I wish you a great week. I just wanted to point out that there's substantial risk of loss in futures trading. Past performance is not indicative of future results and trade only with risk capital. It's okay to um, to have the trade frequency that you have in the markets. You can trade more, you can trade less based on your time availability, but just trade when you can actually sit in front of the markets and monitor the markets and not have spontaneous reactions um, to the market. I wish you all the best. Again, a great week, and uh, I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus, all under the username Optimist Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at optimistfutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-6748. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures Podcast.
Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.